0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. We don't have to wait until Black History Month to feature Black artists on the podcast, and I don't, uh, but it has been fun to mix it up a bit. If you caught last week's episode, we dropped in a gospel song. And I have another one planned for next week. Uh, but this week, we're going to go back to the top airplayed songs in contemporary Christian music and Evie McKinney's song, Look No Further. I'm super excited about where this song inspired me to go. But before we jump into scripture, let's listen. If you're looking for freedom, looking for a breakthrough, looking for somebody you- I got I had not known about Evie McKinney's rise to television fame as a contestant on the singing competition The Four Battle for Stardom. She won the inaugural season back in 2018. But it doesn't surprise me that her song, Look No Further, is climbing the charts because she can sing. Of course, this podcast isn't really about the artist or even about the song as much as we use the music to inspire us to dig into scripture. And I'm not sure if you have friends and loved ones like mine, uh, the ones who are not believers, the ones who are willing to look everywhere and believe anything except that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Unbelief and doubt that Jesus is enough plagues their lives and it leads to the rejection of the very one who can save them and give them the hope they seek, the answers that they seek, because he is the answer. But doubt can plague even the strongest follower of the Lord. Just ask John, as in John the Baptist, who asks a question in Matthew chapter 11, that this song could answer. John the Baptist is in prison, and he hears of everything that Jesus is doing, and he gets word through his disciples to Jesus to ask this question. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And like our song entreats, Jesus basically says, look no further. Only Jesus does it in sort of a Jesus sort of way, and so let's go ahead and explore that together. Now, in order to explore it further, though, we need to back up a bit and learn a little bit more about John the Baptist. Because if I'm following the Bible Interaction Tool exercise of asking questions of the text, the first question is, who is John the Baptist? And then we can see if his question is surprising or not. Now, we first meet John when he is merely a baby in his mother's womb, because John is Jesus's cousin. And you can read about the time of his promised conception, his birth, all of that in Luke chapter 1. And as you read this account, maybe for the first time, maybe it's a story you've read many times before. I mean, if you uh, follow along with me, we read it at the Christmas time. But as you read this account in Luke 1, follow the bite of remembering that the people described in the Bible were real. Now, BITE is just an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise, and this BITE will change the way you read the text. So when you pull out Luke chapter 1, I want you to read about Elizabeth and Zechariah with the thought in mind that they are John's parents. The small bits and pieces that we get from their words and their actions and their thoughts that are revealed in Scripture, those things made their way into their parenting, no doubt. So maybe, as you've read Luke 1, like I said, if you've been with me for long, we read it at least every year at Christmas time, often more. But at Christmas, our hearts are set on Jesus. This time, have your mind set on John the Baptist and consider what you may learn about him by understanding his history better. So from his birth being foretold to his father by an angel, to leaping in his mother's womb at the sound of Mary's voice, to the prophetic words his father spoke over him at his birth. Here's just a snippet of some of the things that Zechariah prophesied over him at the birth of his son, John. And you, child, in Luke 1, uh, starting in verse 76, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And then it says the child grew and became strong in spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. I want you to sit in the text long enough to take the bite of asking questions. It's okay to ask questions that you may never get the answers to. That's how we process truth. So like, for example, what was John's life like in the wilderness? Uh, We don't we don't really know. I mean, it doesn't really expound on that in Scripture, but we can ask and think about it. He's a person who's separated from other people. He grew up in the wilderness. If he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance, then he probably didn't go to school with other kids, right? So did his father, the priest, personally teach him? I mean, maybe that's that's a plausible cause. That's a plausible answer. How did he know what to do to prepare for? The way for Jesus. Now it says in other places that the Holy Spirit would be upon him. And so I think that's my answer. But again, these are the questions you would ask. And then as you go and study the text, maybe you go, it's not answered in the text. Or maybe you realize that sometimes some of your questions really are answered in the text. So just those are just a few questions I had off the top of my head that I jotted down. I want you, hopefully you'll have more. I want you to really think about and ask questions of the text. Then we hop over to Matthew chapter 3 to see the beginning of the ministry of John. And this seems to be the pinnacle and purpose of his life, to be the forerunner of Christ. In chapter 3 verse 1 it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, this is the perfect time to take the bite of reading the cross-reference. So, if the text says the prophet Isaiah said this, then follow that cross-reference to read this text in context in the book of Isaiah. In this case, it takes us to Isaiah chapter 40. And I know this because I have a Bible with cross-references. But if you don't have a Bible with cross-references or you're studying online, you can use online resources like BibleHub.com if you type in Matthew 3, Chapter 3, verse 3, so 3, colon 3, and then look over to the right on a desktop. You'll see the cross-references. You can just click right on the Isaiah 40 cross-reference, and it'll take you there. Now, the key is that John the Baptist was prophesied about by Isaiah long before he was prophesied over by his father. In fact, when I kept looking at cross-references, I saw another one in Malachi three one. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. So we see by God's very words through prophecy that John's life was distinctly declared. He was to go before the Messiah and prepare the way for him. So how exactly did John the Baptist do that? By calling the hearer to repentance. So this was his battle plan, or this is what the Holy Spirit gave to him, calling the hearer to repentance. You see, John was set apart in Luke chapter one. The angel declares it when he tells Zechariah, his father, he says, for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. That's where I was talking about. And he will turn many from the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord, a people prepared. So he was set apart and he he was different. <laughs> you know, it said in verse four, John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. But it, he wasn't there to fit in. He, he was there to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And what prepared the people for the Lord? Confessing their sins and turning away from sin in repentance. It says in verse 5, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So John was set apart. He was different. He wasn't there to fit in. And he, he was preparing the people for the Lord's arrival. And he was also bold. Listen to this in verse 7. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So he was bold in his his proclamations, especially to the religious elite. This is the elite. This is a son of a priest chastising the religious elite. And we heard this tone in the woes of Jesus a couple of weeks ago, too, when we were studying that. Even here, John is saying, don't just pretend your life must bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And then John speaks of his purpose, and he points to Jesus in verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So if we keep reading in Matthew chapter 3, we actually see the passing of the baton. John's ministry is to point to Jesus. And, and this ministry has come to its climax when Jesus arrives on the scene to get baptized by John. In verse 13, it says, we're still in Matthew 3. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So if we keep reading in Matthew, we see Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. He begins his ministry, he calls his disciples, and he ministers to great crowds. And Matthew goes on to record his Sermon on the Mount, which was taught with such authority that uh, the people who heard it were astonished. And he goes on to heal people and calm storms and cast out demons. And But he also sits with sinners and he calls quite unholy people, like tax collectors, to follow him. And he even calls his disciples together and gives them the authority to do some of the same things that he had been doing. Healing and casting out demons and all of that. And it's right after that that he sends out his 12 disciples and then he continues to minister in cities. And it's in this context that... That the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus. We get bits and pieces of what happened to John from uh, Mark and later on in Matthew 14. And there's, You can, you can re- research the other Gospels to see what else they said about John. But in this text, he's in prison and he's beginning to doubt. Let's read it together in verse 2. Meanwhile, John heard in prison about the works of Christ and he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come or should we look for someone else? Now, do you see why I wanted to go learn as much as we could about John first? Without any of that background context of the life and ministry of John, you might not think anything of the question, right? After all, Jesus asked his disciples who everyone thought he was. And he even asked them who they thought he was. I mean, it seems like his identity seemed to be up in the air for a lot of people. But my question is, John? John's wondering if this is the guy? I mean, it really hit me this week because... I'm studying the life and ministry of John and then seeing his question here. I thought to myself, that's like spending your life in ministry and wondering in the end if it was all true. I mean, how disheartening. So why do you think John would ask this? And so I asked my husband this last night and his answer was completely different than anything I had come up with. In fact, I was uncomfortable with his response because I wasn't sure I agreed with it. And that reminds me of the value of the bite of reading the Bible and studying with friends. We need each other to give alternative views. We we cannot help but respond out of the culture and the background that we bring to the table. And so we need more people at the table, right? And there's value in looking at things from different perspectives. So what was my husband's response? Well, he said maybe John was looking for Jesus to clearly say, I'm the one, I'm the guy. So I argued because then I said, well, didn't God say this is my son and whom I'm well pleased? Didn't John acknowledge that he was the one who was coming after him? The one whose sandals he wasn't even worthy to carry? Didn't John protest baptizing Jesus? I mean, how much clearer can you get? So I probed. What do you mean by that? And Ron persisted. Perhaps John needed Jesus to say it for himself. And so I pushed back. Wasn't God saying it enough? And Ron persisted. Maybe not. And there you have it, friends. (laughs) That's what doubt does. It asks for God to say it or do it in a different way or a more clear way or a personal way. John hadn't lost faith. The, The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. He was having, I believe, having like a, I believe, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief moment. And can I relate to that? Maybe you can too, and maybe John's response brings you a little comfort (laughs) as you wrestle with your own doubt or your own um, approaching the throne of God, wanting a clearer answer than what you've experienced so far. But let me point out to you, John went to the source. John sent word to Jesus, and may I encourage you to do the same. You need to go to the source, go to the answer to get your answers. But let me warn you, he may ask a question of you in return. That's a total Jesus move, and he may just give you scripture as the answer like he does for John here. We have to follow quite a few cross-references, but taking this bite this week will really be enlightening to you, Um, so I encourage you to take the the bite of following the cross-references. In fact, if we keep reading to see the response that Jesus gave John's disciples to give back to him, it says this in verse 4 of Matthew 11, Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So we see these things in Isaiah's prophecies about the coming of about the coming Messiah. I'll put the references in the show notes. But if you look in Isaiah 19 and Isaiah 35, you'll see listings of these miraculous signs that Jesus mentions here. It's the last two things that I want to point out specifically as we wrap up today. Uh, it's just so profound. He says, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who's not offended by me. So let's take those two. The first reference, the poor have good news preached to them, comes from Isaiah sixty-one-one, which reads, the first verse reads this way. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. By the way, our song kind of references these kinds of thoughts and ideas when she sings, Look no further than Jesus, and that's what Jesus is saying to John. Don't look any further. I'm the guy. But it's interesting. Remember, there's no verse references in the scrolls that the children of Abraham would have studied. So I'm thinking John either interprets Jesus's reference. The poor have good news preached to them. Either he's thinking, ah, that's right there along, of, along the lines where the opening of the prison to those who are bound, right? So liberty to the captives. So maybe my prison doors will be opened. Or perhaps it was Jesus's way of saying, I'm the guy, but maybe this verse isn't all the way for you. You know, because the next thing he says is blessed is the one who's not offended by me. And I want to read this cross reference because I think it would be a great source of encouragement, really in the midst of this affliction that John is going through. In Isaiah 8 verse um, 11, it says, For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy and do not fear what they fear nor be in dread but the lord of hosts him you shall honor as holy let him be your fear and let him be your dread and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of israel a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of jerusalem and many shall stumble on it they shall fall and be broken and they shall be snared and taken in other words jesus is saying don't stumble now john cuz you could trip on me or I can be your sanctuary. You were right to honor me as holy. I'm fulfilling what was said about me, but in ways you could never have imagined. Take take sanctuary in me. You'll be all right. And so this leads me, and I mean all right in the eternal sense, because in the coming chapter you will see he's not going to be all right. Uh, so this leads me to say to, to what I think is the reason why John asked if there was another to come. I think he's looking around saying, Yeah, I saw the dove and I heard the voice and I believe I do. But where's the blessing for me? I repented. I led others to repent. Where's the judgment on Herod? He didn't repent. In fact, he threw me in jail. Jesus, your ministry doesn't match my messianic expectations. And so I'm a little confused. And Jesus responds with scripture to encourage John to look no further. He is the promised one. The key for John here is that he must know the scripture to be encouraged by it. And I believe that he did know the scripture. I believe that Jesus intended to encourage his heart as he knew his last days were upon him. I believe that because um, as I keep on reading in Matthew chapter 11, I see the nice things Jesus says about John to the crowds. Man, I could go on and on. We're out of time today. So what's next? Read Matthew 11 and let it inspire you to explore all of the scriptures related to John the Baptist in both the New and Old Testament. And then go back to John's question to ponder How such a man of God could end up in such a season of doubt. But don't ponder alone. Enlist a friend to study this with you to broaden your perspective. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at kneesat.com Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat on Facebook. Michelle L. kneesat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at kneesat.com forward slash 30-Day Challenge and you're in. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Oluwabakula from Canada. I probably totally butchered that, but trust me, I'm so thankful you're here. I want to welcome you. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bytes. So when you subscribe, you get that resource right away. It's a wonderful place to start. I also create a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, desktop, or tablet. Um, you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode um, show notes, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes. All of that—it's just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michelleknizat.com to subscribe today. And if you haven't had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast, I I highly encourage you to do that. It encourages me, but it also gives me legitimacy as people are looking. There's a lot of podcasts out there. And so your words um, uh, are a great referral for new listeners. So as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. As I mentioned, for the rest of February, I'm going to be featuring Black artists in honor of Black History Month. So next week, I will be using the song Anyhow by Ty Tribbett to point us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to MichelleNeesat.com forward slash 363. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.